Hello, welcome to another edition of the Mr. Badger's Maths Podcast. Uh, lovely to have you along, uh, wherever you are in the world, the international Mr. Burgess Maths Podcast. Um, yeah, I've gone slightly crazy today. It's been raining again in England, um, and it is really, really annoying. Like, uh, I'm, I'm really bored. I, I don't do well when it's raining, um, especially when you're stuck inside all day. I don't know about you, but... Um, I've had quite an enjoyable day today. I've, I went for a run this morning um, because I looked at the weather forecast and realised that I couldn't go for a walk in the evening. So I decided, and I had a meeting on Zoom at half past three. So I thought, do you know what? I'm going to uh, go for a run this morning. So I went, got up and went for a run um, and it was as horrible as you'd expect. Um, but it was great. I, I feel good for it afterwards. But let's be honest here at the time, it feels awful. Um, but yeah, so I've done a run this morning, another little 5k. Um and yeah, I keep on remembering that actually it's not just about, you know, times and things like that. And I need to just chill out and just go enjoy the run bit. But who, I, I can't enjoy that bit. I just enjoy the stats too much of it, of the following exactly what time you're doing and things. Um, otherwise, it's really dull. So thank goodness I've got a nice watch that I can track and monitor what times I'm running um, just to keep you occupied whilst you're out there. Um, so uh, just little, uh, it, was, it wasn't great. It wasn't great this morning, but hey-ho, we'll get better. I'm reminding myself that this time last year, I couldn't run um, because I, I was so unfit that I'd, I'd got past running. So, um, and I did a personal best by November. So I'm reminding myself of that, that actually I'm further ahead than I think I am. So uh, I'm further ahead than this time last year. So if I get going now, I might be even further ahead come November and we're actually let out of this lockdown procedure. Um, apart from that, what else have I been in all day? Uh, I've been doing a lot of little videos today of uh, maths questions of circle theorems. So shout out to your 10 who are doing circle theorems. Um, yeah, so lots of little videos of like answering circle theorem questions. And there's nothing quite worse than uh, thinking, well... You know, we're all mathematicians, we're all learning, and uh, there's nothing quite worse when you're trying to teach someone and you just look at a question and, get, and even recording it is really embarrassing and you go, I don't actually know how to do this. So um, poor Maisie had a little video where I went, um, I'm not sure, hang on, give me a second. And just this blank pause in the middle of a video where I just go, and then eventually worked it out. But um, yeah, there was a slight problem of just like, oh, and then realised it was an isosceles triangle. So, and we all have an isosceles triangle, who doesn't? where it comes from Greek. Um, so uh, today, though, we're not going to the Greeks. We're going uh, one step beyond again, and we're still in the mystical East. So we're still in the East. There's nothing mystical about it. They're just studying maths. You know, that's what all good people should be doing. Um, so we're going to look today at two mathematicians who, uh, I'd be fair to say, kind of transformed uh, maths into what you and I know today so probably what you've been doing in your lessons today or wherever you've been doing a bit of maths if you've written down a number even me just watching the um, the ticker time around recording this I understand what's going on and I understand those numbers because of one of these guys today so we are going to look at the Islamic kind of uh, revolution in maths that occurred um, after kind of the Chinese and Indian influences, and whilst the Dark Ages are still going on in in Western Europe, 
um, the Islamic kind of mathematicians kind of got going and transformed it into something that we probably know a lot more and would be much more recognisable today than uh, the Greeks would be, the Roman mathematicians would be, um, and definitely much more than the Egyptians or even the Chinese. Uh, much, much more as we would expect today. Um, and that's because in some ways like um, it comes down to kind of culture at the time. Um, maths and science was regarded very poorly in the Dark Ages and medi in medieval times. Um, of just, you know, if you're questioning kind of workings of things, you're questioning the workings of God. Um, and that didn't go down very well um, due to the kind of religious context of the time. Um, and therefore... Um, maths and science really didn't move very far forward in Western Europe. But at the same sort of time, around the Dark Ages, so we're looking at the first mathematician around 790 AD to about 850 AD, um, they managed to move maths quite far away. Um, and so the first one we're going to look at is a guy called Al-Khwarizmi. And I've probably massacred his name, so apologies to Mr. Kawazami, uh, Al Kawazami, sorry. Um, and so uh, he was a guy who lived in about 790 to 850 um, in AD um, and in what's currently present day Uzbekistan. So Uzbekistan is in the central, uh, in central Asia, uh, near all the Stans, so Afghanistan, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Turkmenistan, Tajikistan. Uh, etc. So Uzbekistan. Um, so it's quite uh, on the Silk Road. Um, if you've watched um the first series of oh uh, Travel Around the World, um, it was amazing. The last one as well. I've just fi finished on Sunday. Second series. Um, but the first series they went through Uzbekistan. Um, and it's quite an amazing sort of place. It's quite. It's not a place that's on the usual beaten travellers paths these days but at the time it would have been because it would have been on the silk road so it would have gone for uh travellers um, and merchants going from china going all the way across to europe would have gone through all these places so uzbekistan so um and one of these places was uh, uzbekistan um, and his name gets translated into latin later on so he writes two books and um he kind of writes one book called uh, the book of addition and subtraction according to the Hindu calculation. So going back to the last pod, like uh, the ideas but for coming from uh, the Hindu um, mathematicians like uh, Brahmagupta. Um, so Al-Kharizami kind of takes some of those ideas on board and starts to devise a new way of being able to calculate numbers and how to like use calculations. And so to do that, he came up with something novel and new so just pause the pod here in a second um and you're going to just do something really quickly i'd just like you to write down the numbers zero to nine and i expect you have all yeah have you all written down zero to nine right and um, i would expect that you have all written down like a zero symbol a one symbol a two symbol a three symbol uh, four with its uh, a five with its lines and its curve a six with its curves a seven etc that you all know now this was revolutionary um because actually this is new and this comes from al-karazami 
So he revolutionised arithmetic, um, and this whole new system called the Hindu Arabic system, um, it just contained 10 symbols. And the fact that those symbols did not relate to anything, so they weren't rods and counting rods, or they weren't letters that related to places in an alphabet, um, was revolutionary. This was a whole new way of doing and the fact that it's only got 10 things introduced kind of place value. And the idea that zero, as we spoke about last time, kind of brought about um, a placeholder and the idea of place value that we take so much for granted now became relevant. So when we looked at the Mesopotamians, they didn't have a zero. So therefore, if you wrote down, say, 803, you just write 8 and 3, whereas... This now, with its new number system, you could write 803 and that would give you a different number to 8003 because the zero is being used as a placeholder and the idea of place value. So suddenly we can get numbers which are much easier to calculate with but also are easy enough to be able to write. Um, and it meant that arithmetic, so the ability to add, subtract, cut, multiply, divide, suddenly was much much easier now this led to um a book the book being translated into latin and this is where we get um al Khwarizmi's actual kind of latinized name is actually used still today and so his latinized name was called algorithm so al Khwarizmi to algorithm yep uh, uh algorithm sorry which is where we get the word algorithm from um, and so that is a process that we use in maths. We still use the word algorithm. Uh, it means a process that you go through, a step-by-step -step procedure. Um, and that's what, in effect, Al-Khwarizmi was doing. Um, but he wrote a second book as well. Um, so, you know, he's not just found the number system that we use today. I mean, that's pretty huge, let's be honest. And half of us probably have never heard of this guy. Um, but he also wrote another book called The Compendious Book on Calculation by Transformations and Dividing. Um, and this set out to solve quadratic equations. So if you're um, further on in your maths, then you probably have started to see quadratic equations. So these are equations that involve um, an unknown term that's squared. Um, so you might have, say, x squared plus 3x plus 4. Now, that is revolutionary in itself, just saying x squared plus 3x plus 4. That has not been done before, okay, up to this point in history. Um, and so he started to um, work out algebraic uh, quadratic equations. Um, and in fact, I've just used that word already. Um, so he started to introduce the fact that you could solve unknowns. And this word led to... Uh, what we know as algebra today. So the word in Arabic for transformations was al-jabra. So A-L hyphen J-A-B-R. And that's where, when it's translated into Latin, we get the English word that we know and love, algebra. And that's where algebra comes from. And so he was the first person to start to use and replace unknown, letter, uh, unknown numbers with letters. So he's the first person to use a number system that we all use today, but also to start to replace le uh, unknowns with letters to be able to do that. And if, because he's been able to do the number system, this leads to him being able to use letters to represent numbers. 
because let's go back to the Latin, uh, the Roman kind of uh, Roman numerals, the Greeks were all using letters to represent a number and they all had specific values. Whereas if you create new symbols to represent and they're not to do with rods and you know, drawing extra lines and things, then actually you've got a whole new system of numbers and symbols to represent those numbers that are abstract then you can start to then use letters to represent numbers. And that's the link that starts to unlock a lot of the things that will go forward. Okay, so the second mathematician we're going to talk about today is um, actually a Persian scholar, so modern-day Iran. Um, he was called, and I'm going to massacre this as well, uh, Omar Karyama. And he lived in 1048 to 1131. Um and he came up with a, or wrote a book, as most people did, um, uh, of the, the Rebiat of Omar Khayyam. And he was a poet, and he wrote poetry. Okay, you weren't expecting that, let's be honest here, you were not expecting a poet suddenly to appear in here. But he was actually the core astronomer. Now, we've already heard this several, several times. Astronomy, maths, has a massive link. Um, and so he was uh, worked on science and maths alongside his astronomy. Um, and he kind of worked on the algebra that al Karizami had come up with. And he started to put some of those things together. And he came up with ways of actually producing uh, cubics and solving cubic equations. And one of the ways he did that was he investigated um, the binomial theorem. Now, binomial theorem is something that we don't really do huge amounts of at GCSE, um, but is absolutely kind of really crucial when you go further on. It makes expanding brackets much, much easier, especially if you're doing them not just, you know, 2x plus 3 multiplied by 3x plus 4. Um, actually, if you've got something like x plus 4 to the power of 8, you don't want to be spending hours and hours and hours doing 8 brackets multiplied all together. Um, whereas... Um, Omar Kariyama's method led to a much, much easier way of being able to solve them. And that is through Pascal's triangle. Now, hang on a minute. Pascal, we know, is much, much later. And we spoke in the last pod as well that Pascal's triangle was being used in China much, much earlier than Pascal created it. Yes. And this is it. So Pascal's triangle is not by Pascal. <gasps> but actually... He'd borrowed the, the, his triangle from Kariyama, um, and who had borrowed it from the Chinese. And if you look up Pascal's triangle, then you start to see the numbers. And these numbers are the coefficients that we start to see when we expand brackets. And these coefficients make it much, much easier. So, for example, if you've got to do, say, x plus 1 to the power of 4, all to the power of 4, then you use the fourth co row of coefficients so uh, one three three and one and so you get i've actually just massacred that one sorry apologies the fifth row so you get one four six four one so you got x to the power four plus uh four x cubed plus six x squared plus four x plus one there you go and because i can use the numbers that go in front of each bit comes from Pascal's triangle. Now, it's quite hard work to create Pascal's triangle using a bit of algebra. It's not that hard, but there's a bit of knowledge that we're missing at the moment. Um, 
but these kind of systematic ways of using Pascal's triangle was really important. But Kawayama did not just stop there. He actually did a lot in geometry as well. So he was the first person who really used geometry and algebra together. Now, up to that point, they were separate kind of topics, really, that we still think about. But actually, geometry and um, algebra massively cross over. So we understand kind of we can put um, coordinate grids on and find the equation of a line or the equation of a circle or the equation of a parabola. Um, we can start to uh, find different things and make it into algebra. And that's really, really useful because we can then start to um, solve those equations and work backwards on our geometry. Um, and one of the things that he started to do was he looked at what, uh, Euclid's fifth postulate, the parallel postulate. Um, and he kind of worked on it and proved it a bit uh, and, you know, accepted that uh, Euclid's parallel postulate worked. That is almost like in certain, if you've got two allied angles in the middle of two parallel lines, if those two angles add up to 180, then the two lines must be parallel, um, which we do in parallel line lessons still to this day. Now... What he discovered, though, was if I draw those two lines onto an ellipse or a curved surface, then they don't all add up to 180, which goes back to our non-Euclidean geometry um, in one of the previous pods. And so the ideas of simple Euclidean geometry kind of start to go out the window. And this is the first guy who starts to work on non-Euclidean geometry way back, sort of, a th well, over a thousand years ago is dealing with non-Euclidean geometry and those ideas changed kind of maths so people like Einstein needed those um, ideas of non-Euclidean geometry to start to do their space time and gravity kind of calculations so without these kind of kind of pillars of uh, maths actually the things that have been built upon couldn't do it. So there we go. So two mathematicians you've probably never heard of, but actually changed kind of the face of maths as we know it today. So your maths lessons are probably, you know, completely different because of these two guys. So the fact that you can write the set of numbers out, and um, the fact that you wrote a set of symbols that's universal is down to al Azami. Um, and the fact that you have a link between algebra and geometry is down to Omar Karayama. So two Islamic mathematicians in Persia, Monday Iran, and in Uzbekistan that you would never have heard of before, but actually introduced algebra and the number system and geometry into algebra. You would need all of that. So I hope you um, enjoyed that one. Um, we're going to start to then move on after this um, from um, go back to the Western cultures uh, for our next pod. So I hope you have a great day um, and uh, enjoy it. Remember, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, click subscribe on Spotify and on uh, SoundCloud, uh, wherever you're listening. Um, give us a shout out, hashtag Mr. Burgess Maths. Give us um, uh, a message on Google Classroom or an email. It's lovely to hear that people are actually listening. Um, so make sure you do it makes me carry on um and i uh, hope you have a wonderful day tomorrow enjoy bye-bye <laughs>